Okay, welcome back to series three of Recruitment Journeys, the very first podcast ever dedicated to the Australian recruitment industry. Brought to you by me, Pete Watson, and Mint Recruitment, which is my R2R business. Uh, We've been finding great jobs for great recruiters since 2004. Now then, on Recruitment Journeys this time around, we're doing things a little bit differently. Instead of just having the traditional one-on-one conversations, we're inviting two recruitment identities onto every episode. So we can get differing opinions, alternate points of view, a bit of banter, vibrant discussion. And who knows, we might even get some heated debate and who doesn't love a bit of heated debate. So two for the price of one. We'll talk about all things recruitment and also try to get to know our guests on a personal level too. Collectively, Verge Dasneves and Sean Toomey have around 30 years recruitment industry experience between the two of them. So when we launched the Recruiters Mentor Project about a month ago, it came as very little surprise that these two industry long-termers both put their hands up to be mentors. I mean, why wouldn't they want to share their experiences and their learnings from the industry with others coming through, right? However, I must admit, I was a little bit taken aback when they both said they also wanted to be mentees. I was a little bit surprised, but also curious. So invited them onto the Recruitment Journeys podcast to find out why they wanted to be both mentor and mentee to the recruitment industry. Hope you enjoy it. Virgin Das Neves from SHK and Sean Toomey from the Anderson Partnership. Good morning. How are you doing, chaps? Morning, Pete. Morning, morning Pete. Morning, Sean. Sean. Lovely to be here. Yeah, Sean meet Virg. Virg meet Sean. <laughs> nice. nice to meet you Now, Sean, this is It's beautiful it. seeing a city background. Haven't seen that in a while, being a Melbourne. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah Mate, that, 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 that's what reality looks like. <laughs> what freedom looks like. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what freedom looks like. <laughs> Chaps, I feel like I'm rubbing it in. It wasn't on purpose. I'm just in the office. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't in that purpose. Hey, Sean, just, just, for, the, uh, just for the clarity of, uh, of somebody who might be, be watching this podcast, um, you're, you're not, you don't usually go as Nicolina Posda. It's definitely yeah. Sean Toom. <laughs> yeah, not on a Thursday, normally on a Friday or sometimes on a Friday. But um, yeah, no, I've, I've, logged into, I've logged into the office laptop and one of the guys obviously was using it before and I don't know how to change the name. So I'm going to go with Nicola in today's podcast. Good stuff. Right, Jabs, thank you so much for being involved in Recruitment Journeys, the podcast series. Virg, this is actually your, your second time on. So thank you for coming back. I'm, no glad the, uh, I'm glad the first experience wasn't too harrowing. Um, back up for punishment. But Sean, Stoke, Nicolina, thank you so much for coming on for the first time. Um, recruitment journeys, you know, we're actually now third series now. We've been going for a couple of years. Uh, I think this is uh, episode seven or eight of, of the third series. Um, and, you know, we, we talk about all things recruitment, right? All things recruitment in the Australian recruitment marketplace. But today, uh, unashamedly, I want to talk about uh, a new initiative that I've I've launched called the Recruiters Mentor Project, which is all about bringing or matching mentors and mentees within the recruitment industry. Uh, I'm trying to make mentoring available to recruiters at all levels. Um, we're only three or four weeks in. It's gone astoundingly well in, in, in our own little way. And we're, you know, we're close to matching 100, 100 mentors and mentees already. Um, but what was fascinating about you two gentlemen um, and there, there, there was a few, there was a few of, of a similar ilk. Is that you're both experienced, seasoned guys. You've all, you've both been around the traps a fair while. Um, 
and you both very generously very generously signed up as mentors. Um, obviously, keen to to share your experiences and wisdom with somebody coming through or up the ranks. But then it probably took me by surprise. I didn't, didn't expect to see this when I started the initiative. Is you both actually signed up as mentees as well, um, and I thought that was quite a curious phenomenon that experienced guys like you thought, you know what, no, we've, we, no, we don't know it all. We've still got a lot to learn as well. So I'm very, very keen to, to tap into that and find out your motivations around both decisions to be a mentor and a mentee. Um, but before we get into the icebreakers, chaps, um, so I can stop prattling on for at least two minutes, would you mind introducing yourselves to the, to the viewers and the listeners? Bert, would you go first, sir? Sure thing, Pete. So um, I'm based here in, in Melbourne. Um, I lead the CFO practice for SHK Asia Pacific, senior partner here within the business. Um, I come from a background of having worked for very large global search firms and some international boutique firms, having recruited senior executives into well over 40 countries around the world. But now, me and the family call Melvin home, and we are very, very happy to be here. Good stuff. And Sean. Hello. I'm um, first of <coughs> seasoned and not old. Appreciate it. <laughs> um, but yeah, for those that don't know Sean Toomey, um, I'm currently the managing director of the Anderson Partnership based in Sydney. Um, been in the business about eight years, started with them in Perth. Um, we've got five offices in Australia and New Zealand. I'm originally from the UK, as a lot of us are, um, and um, started my career in accounting and finance. Mm -hmm. And TAP currently specialises in professional services, insurance, and accounting finance across ANZ. Lovely, thank you, gentlemen. And, uh, and 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 just so I know, just just give me a number, Verge. Uh, how long have you been in the recruitment industry? Uh, gosh, twelve years. Okay, and yourself, Sean? Nineteen in November this year. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. So keep that number in mind when we talk about what we talk about later. Now, just what, what I've been doing in Series 3, just to give the viewers and listeners uh, a bit of a sense of, of who the people are that we're talking to uh, you know, behind the, the recruitment executive persona, trying to get to know um, the people who come on the show a little bit more personally as well. So we have four questions that we ask, let's call them icebreakers, all designed to find out who you actually are as people. Um, again, I'll start with you, Verge. If you hadn't chosen a career in recruitment or if recruitment hadn't chosen you, which is invariably the case, um, what career would you like to have had? Gosh. It can be anything. It can be anything, Burge. Go nuts. Yeah. Um, I would have liked to have been an astronaut. <laughs> okay. Child, <laughs> childhood dreams still exist. Absolutely, yeah. Is that is that okay? You have a genuine interest. Genuinely, in... genuinely. Yeah, right. I'm genuinely freaked out by the universe and the ever-expanding space that it is expanding into, and where it is expanding into, and it freaks me out. And when I was a kid, I wanted to be an astronaut to figure it out. Soon realized I wasn't intelligent enough to do that. Yeah. Oh, stop. <laughs> May, well, maybe that ship has not sailed because all kinds of weird and wonderful people are, are going up into space at the moment. Even people with, of lesser intelligence like yourself. Yeah, they've got a lot more money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, if, if recruitment hadn't chosen you or vice versa, what career would you like to have had? I'm a simple man, footballer. Nice and easy. <laughs> I think that'd be a bit of a <laughs> Who's and your favourite team, Sean? 
Oh, Aston Villa, unfortunately, for my sins back in the UK. <laughs> um, but if you know, do you know, what? if not a footballer, just any sort of sporting um, professional, I think, just anything that was competitive, um, and you could just do something that was sporty for a living. And it was but let, but let me ask you this, Sean: if you if you did have if you did possess the skills to play in the Premier League, would you play for Aston Villa or would you try and go like United, City, Liverpool? Oh, that's a really good question. Oh, no, nah, I'd play for the Villa. <laughs> good like man, really. So I'd play for the Villa. Man of loyalty, um, Verge, Who in this uh, wonderfully wide and varied recruitment industry of ours? Who do you most admire, and why? Um, I'll keep mine quite broad, Pete, and I won't mention any one in particular, but anyone who who is humble, you know, you, you find you don't find too many very humble recruiters around. So anybody who doesn't, you know, jump from the chandeliers every time, you know, they get a win, that that kind of character and personality is very much high on my my list. Good man, good man. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know, but I think we're getting better at that. I think, uh, I think back in the day, um, you know, when we all started out, ego was, you know, a prerequisite, right? Um, less so nowadays, I think. But I, I know exactly what you're saying. I know exactly what you're saying, Sean. Oh, I'm a bit jealous of Sergi's answer because I really struggle with this, and because um, there are a number of people I admire for different reasons, and um, didn't necessarily wanted to, to mention them but um, look I, I'm going to actually name someone there's a guy called Richard Harker who's um, in the UK he's currently MD for a company called McEldow he was the chap who hired me many moons ago into Badenoch and Clark and um, so it, it, it sort of goes back to what you said which is um, just a really good recruiter but a really humble nice human being as well mm-hmm. um, and um, yeah I'll go with Rich good guys always win good guys always win uh, Verge, what is the biggest mistake you've ever made in your recruitment career that you are happy to share today? Oh gosh, a um, couple of couple of moons back, I wasn't ready for it, and I pitched to a very very experienced board for a C level role, and I I just wasn't ready for it, both you know professionally and personally to be in the room with them, and it was an absolute disaster. Um, and ever ever since then i've always made sure that i am the most prepared person in the room uh, because i never want to go through that experience ever again what did you do you just trip over your words make a fool of yourself and wipe the egg yeah everybody soon realized that i just wasn't meant to be in the room with them you know i just wasn't there um and just from a from a research perspective from a knowledge perspective from um, just you know, I just yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a great experience, <laughs> but a learning experience, right? You learn, yeah, from absolutely, it. yeah, yeah. That that will never happen again. Yeah, Sean, biggest mistake you've ever made in your recruitment career? Uh, big question. After over nineteen years, there are a lot. Um, <laughs> I think you just go big one on money. Um, again, many moves to go. I think about two thousand five, six in Birmingham. Um, we met with Deutsche Bank. And they were moving their, an operation up from London to Brom. And we won it. We won the contract. And um, they wanted us to work to the same. Anyway, same rates, commercials. And we, we fought. And in the end, they said, look, we're not going to do this. And we were like, that's fine. You know, and they were going to hire eight people. Fast forward three years, Walter's got the contract. And they end up building a function of about 350 people in Birmingham. 
and Walter's oh. built with 10 people on the back of it. And it sort of fed through to the GFC. And I think basically the Birmingham Walters office was able to survive the GFC very comfortably on the back of that contract that we turned down over basically <clears throat> on race. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's up there. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, you've both got kids. If your kids came to you in 10, 15, 20 years, whatever it might be, and said, Dad, I really want to get into the recruitment industry. Um, you may or may not try and dissuade them. That's that's a conversation <laughs> for another time. But if they dig their if they dig their heels in and say, "No, this is the career for me," what is the number one piece of advice that you give them before you uh, before you drop them off for their first day at work? I I would tell them to take it slow. You know that it's that it's not a race. Um, a lot of people that get into recruitment want to earn big bucks from day one, and they want to drive the Porsche within six months and the ones that last a long time in in this industry i feel they're the ones that really take it slow in the beginning and latch on to a really good role model within the business um to kind of learn and you know get taught by that person and those are for me those are the ones that last the longest within this industry so yeah i tell them to just take it slow Take it slow. Spoke, spoken like a true exec search recruiter. Sean, <laughs> uh, uh, what's the number one piece of advice you give your kids when they launch their recruitment careers? I'm still wondering when the Porsche comes because... Um, <laughs> you know, it's funny, I, you toy with it a bit, don't you? But I actually landed a little bit similar. I'd, I'd probably just say, listen and be patient. Um, you know, it's, it's trying to get the... Um, trying to get the balance between you've got to run at everything 100 miles an hour because you've got to be a very impatient person to try and succeed in recruitment. But I think you've got to just listen, take it all in, trust in the process, be patient. And yeah, um, yeah no will come. Lovely. It's right, very, thank you, Jabs. Oh, lunch. Sorry, yeah, Pete and Sean, it's very tough though. I mean, if you all remember back to your beginning of your recruitment careers, if you joined a successful business, everyone around you is billing so well. And you're going, wow, I want to be there, right? And it's, it's always tough to tell people, just take it slow and follow the process. But when everyone's doing so, so well around you, it's, um, it's tough not to try and jump on the bandwagon with them. Yeah. Uh, your point, probably mentor training the business. Maybe that's the advice. Maybe it's a step behind. Make sure you choose the right business to learn, um, learn your trade at the start. And, and don't forget, in those, in those ruthless London heady days of you know the, the 90s in recruitment uh, Verge you were at uh, Progressive I was at Progressive um, Sean I'm guessing Baden or Clark wasn't massively different but uh, there was a there was a three month guillotine swinging above your head if you didn't uh, do something spectacular in those first three months out you go but yeah. Um, but yeah we Okay, so I just want to break away from the chat just for two minutes to bring you an important message from one of our sponsors Hoxo Media now if you've been living under a rock for the last 12 months, I will tell you who Hoxo are. They are the world's leading content marketing agency specifically for the recruitment industry. Hoxo are currently working with well over 250 recruitment agencies globally and about 3,000 recruitment consultants. And they are helping those recruiters build the LinkedIn brands that open more opportunities by following a proven methodology daily. Now in 2021, the hugely successful Hoxo Academy is changing. They've launched an eight-week personal brand launch program, which you can roll out right across your whole business. 
The Academy is aimed at helping traditional recruiters who have typically relied on outdated outbound calls to attract candidates and clients. And it helps those who often lack the knowledge of how to use LinkedIn for anything other than posting jobs and might struggle with both ideas and confidence when it comes to producing content. Post COVID-19, we all know that the world and our industry is now truly digital. The modern recruiter needs to have a unique and consistent LinkedIn presence that offers value to their community and drives opportunities inbound. So the Hoxo Academy helps every recruiter in your agency achieve this in just eight weeks. They are enrolling a new cohort of training at the start of each calendar month. Now, here's the good bit. The first 50 customers that sign up in 2021 get the chance to enroll unlimited users onto the program for 12 months at no extra cost. So if you've got 50 or 500 consultants now and you plan to hire more throughout the year, you can rest assured that they will all get the training they need to build a brand that wins business on LinkedIn. So please click the link attached to this episode or direct message me on LinkedIn to find out how your business can join the Hoxo Academy. On a personal note, I personally did the Hoxo Academy myself in the height of COVID and it absolutely changed my business. I made $60,000 across two months inbound, inbound business when people basically just rang me and said, I've seen your stuff on LinkedIn, please help me find a job. So if it worked for me, a wreck to wreck in the height of COVID, I'm pretty sure it could work for you too. So check it out. Back to the chat. Let's get into it. The, the subject of this discussion today is why I chose to be a mentor and a mentee for my industry. So um, this is off the back of um, launching a, an initiative uh, called the Recruiters Mentor Project. And as I said earlier, I'm trying to make mentoring and menteeing uh, more accessible to the whole recruitment industry because it's usually a privilege exclusive to you know business elites and executives and MDs and chairmen and CEOs. Uh, but I'm trying to I'm not trying to dumb it down. I'm just trying to scale it down. I'm trying to bring it more towards the trenches and the coalface. Um, but at the same time, yeah, delighted to to see that some uh, seasoned and experienced chaps such as yourselves have jumped on board as well. Um, now, my motivation to do this is because I'm, I'm a, look, I'm a one-man band and I did not have a mentor for well over the first decade of, of having my business. And then I just reached out to, to, to somebody one day, uh, expected him to say, you must be kidding, mate. I've got absolutely no time for this nonsense. And he embraced the idea wholeheartedly and has been my mentor ever since. And over those years has just dropped just little pearls of wisdom that I've kind of swallowed up and uh, have absolutely improved my business. And, and I just thought, you know what, this, wh- why can't this, why, why, why isn't this more accessible to everybody in the recruitment industry? So look, it'll be a slow burn. Um, uh, yeah, it could take quite a, quite a while to have a, a broader impact, impact on the recruitment industry, but we're off to a flying start. Thanks, thanks very much in turn to, to people like yourselves who've jumped on early doors. Um, but let's find out your motivations uh, as to why you jumped into this. So you both signed up initially as mentors. Um, Verge, what was your men- what was your what was your motivation to come on uh, and to sign up to the Recruiters Mentor Project as a mentor? Pete, my biggest one was I I know the importance of having a good role model early on <laughs> in your career, and I looked at it as an opportunity for me to try to give back from that perspective. 
So to get someone in the right frame of mind and to just to listen to someone, right, and to be that that sounding board for them. So for me, it was really trying to, and it sounds cliche, but it's you know trying to give back because I know the importance of someone early on in my career who took the time to do exactly that. Mm. So you had a mentor, you had a, you had a, you had a strong mentor from the outset, or is it something that you that you that you sought after a few years in the game? When I was um, when I was doing my MBA out in the UK, they drummed this sort of thing into your head pretty early on in the course. And obviously through their own networking, they're able to give you the opportunity to do that. And my first mentor was actually my tutor um, at university who mm. let, you know later just became someone that I could talk to and someone that actually became a very good friend. Him and his wife ended up coming to our wedding um and yeah it was drummed into me pretty early on to just to have someone to talk to both professionally both personally and um and that doesn't have to be the same person right you can have more than one mentor uh which is also mm. important i think an important thing to come across you know someone who can give you business advice might not be able to give you personal advice mm. um, so yeah yeah very good so, Sean, you're interested because you're a you're you're a people manager. How many how many how many reports do you currently have uh, beneath you, Sean? Uh, I, I'm just in, in the business about forty people. Yeah, yeah, okay. So <laughs> you're already mentoring uh, many many people on on a, on a daily basis. That's your job, right? Uh, but you were also kind enough to come on as a mentor to try and mentor somebody external to your business, which you know I I think is wonderful. And hats off to you. What was your motivation to do so? Look, I think, I think you know, it's sort of verge touched on. I think it's the conversation we had, Pete. So firstly, I just want to say well done for setting this up, by the way, mate. I think it's a great, great initiative. I think it's a recruitment Thank you. business and um, recruitment industry. I think there's so much more we can do about this. I'm always, you know, I think, I think we've evolved so much as an industry from the days where, you know, it's almost like um, Anchorman. You know, you see another recruitment business and, you know, there's almost like a street fight to be a bit more collaborative. And I think... <laughs> Um, the, the, the better it can be. Um, you know, there's a lot around, you know, mental health, support, health. And I think there's a big, you know, you talk about, and funnily enough, I had a conversation with one of my staff about it here. And it's like, I think there's a big difference between an internal mentor or a boss that's training you and someone externally bringing a different lens to what's happening. And again, yeah. the only um, support and advice you get is, is from the internal people well, then you're limiting your ability to develop and, and your understanding. So, look, I think for me, I feel there's a selfish reason. I think I would get a lot out of it. You know, there's that intrinsically as well. You know, I think it's a very positive thing. But ultimately, it comes back to what Virch says. I'd, I'd love the opportunity to try and help someone, even if it was only a tiny way, in just being a little bit better. Yeah, love it. So, Virch, as a mentor, what positive impact or, or, or a positive influence do you hope to have uh, on your ment mentee's career? <clears throat> Gosh. The, um, I don't think, you know, as, as mentors who sign up to this, I don't think we realize the positive impact that we can have on some of these mentees. And on the other side, the negative impact that we can have if we, you know, go down a path of potentially giving wrong advice or whatever it may be, right? Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. a huge responsibility to take on in the first instance. Yeah, so for me, it's 
it's just, and this is what I learned from many, many mentors over, over the, the years is first and foremost, just to sit back and listen, right? Mm. Just to be that person who is able to independently just listen. Um, and for me, if I can get my mentee to find out who his true self is and who his real and what his real values are, then I think from my perspective, I'd be able to have a huge impact on his both personal and professional life. Um, and it's very tough and it's very confronting to, to have those conversations. But at the same time, I think it'd be hugely beneficial um, for them long-term. Mm. Sean, same question. What positive impact or influence do you hope to have on your mentee's career? Yeah, I think um, it's it's more, as, as, as Virg touched on there, I think the starting point really is a sounding board. You know, so, you know, rubbing about positive impact. It's really to start listening, being a sounding board, provide some um, external simple advice. I think you hit the nail on the head, Pete. I don't expect to necessarily change someone's world, but what I would like to do is provide one or two bits of advice, little nuggets that they can take away and improve. And even if that's, I think a lot will come down to what the mentee wants to get out of the conversation as well, because some people, it could be from a very commercial lens. Some people, it could be from a very much a personal lens, you know, finding your why, struggling with certain things. So yep. I think the positivity for me would just be about providing that extra, and it's only going to be a couple of percent support, and whether that's emotionally, professionally. Mm. Okay. Sean, I'll start with you in this question. Um, what, what, what do you think is, what are you mindful of when you go into the mentoring? What do you, what do you feel makes a good mentor? Look, I think um, it's probably similar to what I would like to think makes a good recruiter, Pete. And I know that, mm. I don't want that arrogant or, um, but, you know, when you talk about, you know, um, Virg, you talked about, you know, people coming in and, and being patient and, and listening. I think as a good mentor, I think you've got to, understand the person so you're not mentoring a recruiter you're <clears throat> individual so i think you've got to start to understand them first so it's listening it's questioning it's being very conscious of the negative impact you could have um mm. and then it's about helping them it's you know the way i see a mental relationship and the way it's always worked really well for me it's almost like what i see with the big four consultancies or consultancy firms and not to get too grandiose but often people when they mentor you or, or can come and consult they almost tell you what you know sometimes they just they just allow you to get there on your own or they just validate what you already know so yeah mm. uh, you know that though i think that ability to listen you know um provide advice without arrogance and and know that it's it's about them not you getting into the right answers mm. yeah very good uh verge what makes a good mentor yeah pete it's very very similar to to what sean just mentioned there about you know being able to almost plant the seed for them to answer and solve their own problems, right? Because they know what the answer is. They're just conflicted as to how to get there, right? So by listening and just being that active person, and as your mentor does drop those pearls of wisdom every so now and again, you're able to really validate, I think, exactly what they know the answer is, but mm. it's important for them to get there and not for you to give them those answers. You know, that's the, that's the journey, right? They've got to go along that journey to get there themselves. You're just mm. the sounding board helping them along the way. Yeah. 
you've just reminded me of a, an amusing story with my mentor. He, he, he kept telling me to do this one particular thing, which, which involved me spending money, right? And um, <clears throat> some people who know me, I wouldn't say I'm tight-fisted, but, you know, I, wa- I watch the pennies. I watch the pennies, right? And he kept saying to me, have you done this thing? No. Have you done this thing? No. Have you done it yet? No. Have you done it yet? No. And eventually, eventually just kind of shouted at me, threw in a few F-bombs and, and just told me to bloody do it. And I did it and it was a game changer. And oh. um, I just needed him on my back, pushing me. Um, now then, okay, so chaps, you came on board as mentors and it made perfect sense to me. Um, you know, yeah, you know, you, you've both been around 12, 19 years respectively. You've both got a few battle scars, but then you both signed up as mentees. And that probably <coughs> took me a little bit by surprise. Um, very keen to understand what your motivation was there. Sean, I'll start with you. Why, with 19 years under your belt, sitting as the manager director of a national business, did you feel the need to be a mentee? Look, I think um, ultimately you'd be, be, in a simple term, I think you'd be quite a hypocrite if you were thought, I'll sign up as a mentor, but I don't, you know, I don't need one, you know, as a starting point. I think you've got the right mindset where you want to provide mentorship to people. you should also have the right growth mindset to to seek out wider advice as well. Look, years of experience doesn't mean anything um, where you are in your career. Um, I think anybody at the right level with the right experience can add value. So for me, the reason I wanted to, to seek out a, a mentor or someone externally is I don't currently have one, you know, externally. I've got, you know, I've got people internally that I talk to. I've got people that I, I use as a sounding board. But I think for me, I think, you know, You've always got to be trying to develop and improve. And it goes back to what I was saying. You know, if, if someone who mentors me can just provide some, some simple words of advice, be a sounding board, you know, get me to a better decision, well, that's going to help me be better at my job, might help me emotionally, you know, um, might help me make better decisions. Um, and I just think it'd be mentally stimulating, you know, to actually go, mm-hmm. go someone at, at a, you know, outside of our industry, someone I don't know, um, and just get their thoughts. I just think it's mm. a really, really interesting experience. So just breaking away from the conversation for one more minute, just to bring you another quick message from our other sponsor, Vincere, the recruitment weapon for progressive recruitment firms. So Vincere is an all-in-one platform that covers your front, middle and back office recruitment operations from BD, applicant tracking, rostering, timesheets, invoicing, internal chat, all the way through to battle-tested analytics and dashboards. Vincere's vision is to build the features that other CRMs outsource to third parties or a marketplace. So if your current recruitment tech stack has become a debt stack, or even worse, a Franken stack, then Vinny will bring everything into one place. Vincere is Aussie-owned and is run by a team of successful ex-recruiters. So if you're currently using Bullhorn, JobAdder or the like, but are looking for a new breed tech partner, speak to Vincere. No matter what your recruitment journey is, whether it's contract, temp, exec search or perm, if you're a subscriber to this podcast, then you can get an exclusive offer from the Vincere team. Simply visit www.vincere.oo slash mint. Back to the chat. So, so obviously, Sean, we're not we're not going to name names today because uh, you know this this whole program is uh, shielded in anonymity. Yeah. Uh, but we've I've obviously partnered you with a pretty pretty awesome mentor. Have you, have you guys had any any interaction yet? Are you are you are you excited about the future? 
Hundred percent. Yeah. Look, I think um, you know the, the the small interaction has been. I think you know the great thing with the the person you've set me up with is that they have approached this in exactly the right mindset. It's it's without arrogance. It's it's without um, you know. I think they're very um, verge goes back. I've only had some small interactions, but Pete, from what you've said, it seems like there's a bit of humility there. Um, mm. But a desire to make this um, be a positive experience for both parties mm. um, and. Look, yeah, we're, we're catching up next week, hopefully, and um, you know, I'm really looking forward to it. Excellent, excellent. And uh, and Verge, um, what was your, your your motivation to become a yeah. mentee? Every day's a school day, Pete. You know, <laughs> if uh, if you're the most intelligent person in the room, you're in the wrong room. You know, and I've always said that, right? So the the opportunity to learn, and and this is quite interesting. I've never actually had what I would call a mentor within the recruitment industry, right? I've had, I've had bosses and I've had leaders, right? And they've been there to, you know, day to day to talk me through operations and what best to do. But I've actually never had an external person be able to give me independent advice and be an independent listener in mm. the same industry, but someone I've never known before, right? So mm. I thought, gosh, what a fascinating and interesting experiment and opportunity to get involved in. And Pete, I'll tell you right now, because I know what your next question is going to be. The person that you've, you've um, paired me up with, she's a gun, right? <laughs> she is. <laughs> for, for, me, for me personally, this, this journey that I'm going to go on with her, it's going to be a game changer for me. So super excited about the next you know, 12 months or so. <clears throat> um, I wish you, I wish you was in Melbourne, right. Um, so that we could actually meet up. Um, but I mean, that's hopefully when, you know, Melbournians on lockdown anymore, we can make a plan in that. But um, yeah, for me, you know, it's, it's someone who has been there, has done it, who knows what good looks like, who's very humble, who's able to approach it in a, in a very, um, non-arrogant way, you know, just just be there, just to just to listen, right, and be a sounding board and yeah, some incredible pearls of wisdom. So, do you know what? <clears throat> she is she is a force of nature, and um, she might be watching this. I'll choose my words carefully. It's <laughs> it's it, it, it's it's maybe just as well that she's she's in Sydney and you're in Melbourne because. Uh, even via Zoom, the the energy that she exudes via Zoom is, is 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 enough for you to handle Verge um, for the for the time being for the time being. So, um, going back to the point that I that I made earlier, that I'm 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 trying to um, and this is a work in progress, but I'm trying to 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 make the the, the scheme accessible to the recruiters at the call phase, the recruiters in the trenches. Um, you know, guys with two, three years recruitment experience, um, and 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 not necessarily take it away from experienced people such as yourself, but but bring it down a few scales. Sean, if you'd had a mentor, can you? Did you have a mentor? Well, you probably didn't. You would have had a manager, and you would have had a team leader, and you would have had colleagues when you had two or three years of recruitment experience. How do you feel a mentor would have impacted and improved your career uh, going back 15, yeah. 16 years? Yeah, I'd like to think massively because ultimately, you know, you don't know what you don't know. So I, I, look, I was really happy, but I was with Baymont Park for 10 years. Mm. And, you know, I, I'd say since I've left, 
you know, I've learned a lot more. And that isn't because BNC was a bad place. It was a fantastic place. But I only knew, I only really knew recruitment from that lens. You know, I think a mentor could have given me some real insights um, around the wider world, some advice. And, and you're right, look, I had some great bosses, some great team leaders, some people that I, I loved working with. But again, they were all baiting off the clock, you know. Mm. So um, I think I think I, you know, I think I stayed too long, and I think um, I think a mentor at that point might have helped me make some decisions that could have accelerated my career a bit quicker, or just understood myself a bit better outside yeah. of being. In that mm. uh, yeah, yeah, that's. That, that's the thing. I, I, I do remember, you know, being whenever you're in a whenever you're in a recruitment company, um, and, you, and you're only talking to the people within your recruitment company within your immediate network. We're all singing from the same hymn sheet. We're all we're all watching our words a little bit, you know, because we're all towing towing the company line. Um, we don't want to say something that's that, that 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 maybe wouldn't be appreciated by our boss because the people that we're speaking to know the boss. We all know the same people. Um, and whenever you get an opportunity to talk to somebody in your industry outside of your company, it's like a it's like a it's like a light bulb moment, and um, and and you just open up and you and you talk about things that you, you probably wouldn't talk about when you're when you're with somebody in your company. So that's yeah yeah as long as it's all treated in confidentiality, that that's that's an element to it as well. Um, but Verge, going back to going back to your early part of your career, what what difference would having a mentor in after you after you've been in the game two or three years, what difference would it have made to you? So it, it made it did make the world of difference to me, Pete. So I had mm. one at the beginning of Amazing. my career. Yeah. So, Amazing. so through my through my MBA course, as I mentioned, I stayed obviously connected with with my tutor. And he was at the beginning of my recruitment career, he was there for me when I needed him most in those conversations, as Sean mentioned, outside of the four walls of S3, right? And he was the one who actually helped me to get to a point to decide that that really contingent hustle of recruitment, you know, the London world of recruitment wasn't for me. So he was, he didn't tell me that he got me to the point where I made that decision for myself, right? Because he understood who I was. He understood my values. He understood what I wanted from a career going forward. So he was able to almost push me and plant the seed to get me to make those decisions. So heavily important as to what my career looked like after those couple of first years. I find that really interesting that you received mentoring and, the, uh, and, and your mentor took you in a certain direction and that person was outside the industry. Um, because Let's be honest. You now you were you were making you you were doing. Well, it's not unique what you did, but not many people do it. Not many people move so early from contingency to executive search recruitment successfully. Um, had you spoken to another another person within exec within contingency recruitment, they might have just said, "Come on, Virg, who do you think you are, mate? Pull your head in, <laughs> <laughs> just just crack on, son." Um, that's that's that's. Really I think that's the importance, Pete, of having more than one person to talk to. Right, you've got to yeah. have. You've got to go out on a limb and be vulnerable with a few different people because everyone's going to be able to give you something else that you can take from that, right? For you to make those mm. decisions. So I go back to my previous answer. I've never had a mentor within the recruitment industry, right? Mm. So for me, this is an incredible new experience and experiment that I'm going on. I've always had 
business mentors and, you know, these professional C-suite board, you know, members, um, you know, one of my, my mentors in London sat on the, the, um, uh, the governor's board at the, the Bank of England, right? So mm. they were able to really give me some good business and life advice. Um, but now, you know, this experience is, is very much in the trenches, as you say. Mm. Amazing. Right, chaps, last question, then I'll let you get on with your busy days. Um, Sean, what advice would you give to um, any, any recruiter out there who's got kind of two or three or four years recruitment experience who's listening to this and they feel like they could value from a mentor, but they're kind of sitting on the fence. They, and I'm, I'm kind of starting to get the sense that there might be some mentees out there almost feel like it's disloyal to go outside their, their, their own network to, to seek mentoring. What advice would you give those people? To get involved. I think, you know, as, as um, me, me and Berge both said, you know, um, as no matter how, it's not disloyal at all. You know, the more, the more support, the more information you can get, um, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And if you limit your, um, and I'll use a, I can't think of a better word, if you limit your data points, if you limit the amount of information you're getting or the amount of advice you're getting, then you're limiting your opportunity to grow. So, you know, mm. what's the worst that happens if you went and got a mentor? So I think just yeah. getting involved, go meet someone. As you know, it's great to hear that um, you know Verge managed to get some some mentors outside of recruitment. I think that sounds like a really positive thing. But I think as as we both said, I think it's really good to just have somebody who doesn't know you, doesn't know your business, you know, doesn't necessarily know everything about you, but can provide some some um, some impartial advice and support. Mm. Um, I think it can only be a positive. Verge, mm-hmm. any any potential mentees out there? They yeah, they they feel like they want to do it, but they haven't quite pressed the button. What advice would you give to them? Yeah, I think Sean's mentioned quite a bit there. That's that's heavily important. And you know, why not? What's the worst that can happen, right? The um, it can only be a positive both for your personal life and for your professional life, right? It can get you on track to do so much more within your business um so yeah why not right like mm. give it a crack well chaps thank you so much well first of all thank you for so much for jumping on at eight o'clock this morning to do this i really really do appreciate your time and uh, and again i thank you sincerely for jumping on to the recruiters mentor project uh, initiative as both mentor and mentee and i hope you both really get a lot out of it Thanks, Thank you, Pete. And listen again, and Sean mentioned it earlier, this is a great... In- Thank you so much for listening to the Recruitment Journeys podcast. Really hope you enjoyed it. Now, while we're passionate about bringing inspirational recruitment stories to our network via this podcast series, Recruitment to Recruitment is our bread and butter and our day job. So if you are a recruiter thinking about your next career chapter, which coincidentally forms part of your recruitment journey, see what I did there, We're always keen to have confidential discussions with recruiters about what's going on in the market. So please feel free to contact me in the strictest of confidence on 0432-666-701 or email pete at mintrecruitmentgroup.com. Thank you.